0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Okay.
2: with the let's get ready to run ball. Adam Jim and his Browns fan, Buckeyes fan, Guardians fan, and super Deeper fan in our college football uh, co-pilot needs something to talk about today. So, hey. He's going to be talking about the Royal Rumble. That's right, coming up tonight. So we're going to be talking about that. A lot of fun. Uh, We've talked about we've talked wrestling on this show a a, a couple times. So I'm 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 all for it. I'm all for it. Uh, But a couple other big things happening as well. Steve Wilson, editor in chief of Speedway Digest and our official NASCAR contributor, joins us from Daytona. Let's talk a little racing. He's going to be bringing us some of the Rolex 24 action. I tell you what, if you I, I try to catch this every year. Of course, I don't watch the entire thing, but it's a 24-hour constant race, no yellows. And well, within unless there's a major wreck or something, the swap-out drivers is a lot of fun to watch. And of course, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, will be joining us as well on SA.com, our official NFL contributor. This weekend, we will know. Will it be who will it be in the Super Bowl? As as the Bengals suit up against the Chiefs and the Forty ers come into the league on Sunday, so it's time to rumble. I will stop saying it. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
3: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
0: Morning, face You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is Hi. that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're
4: my eyes. We're
0: moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason.
1: fresh roasted so I um, don't you know. Well it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is masa le kwa pike which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah but is it good? I mean it's alright. Are they Investor philanthropists, do they Support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes, veterans causes And first responder causes, but it doesn't matter Because they make good coffee So that's what I'm wanting Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it They make it freshly yeah, roasted okay. mm-hmm. Black Rifle Coffee It's good Right
2: now I just need you to get real loose Get comfortable Grab your loved ones, or grab your love partner, and if you're by yourself, no worries, just follow after me.
5: Yeah. I want to do the two-step,
2: then cowboy
5: boogie. Grab your sweetheart and spin out with a the whole day. And now, for the thousands in attendance, and the millions watching around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's
2: get ready to rock! All right, welcome back to The Balance. That's what we're getting ready to do. We're getting ready to rumble right here in the – man, I just can't can't get enough of that word. Joining us now, that was Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan, Buckeye fan, Guardians, Super Duper Cavaliers fan, and our college football co-pilot and all-around great guy, uh, Adam Jividen. Adam, how are you, sir? Tom, man, I'm doing
6: so good. <laughs> Today is one of my favorite sports days.
2: Of the entire year, I was just getting ready to say that I knew that you really liked it but we we've talked to we now before we get into the to the to the belly of the beast if you will here there there's a um we talked we've talked uh wrestling or wrestling here on this uh show before with Rick as well and he he claims now that there's the w w e that's Nah. But then he says, "Then there's the AEW." What are your thoughts between the two? Uh,
6: AEW is trash.
2: Um, <laughs> a big their owner Tony Khan
6: is a freaking idiot. I, I'm not gonna lie. So there's kind of two divisions in wrestling fans. There's AEW fans, which a lot of them trace back to like old WCW fans from like the NWO era in the '90s, and
4: then they're like, you know, is just lame. Um,
6: yeah, except WWE's wrestlers are are actually like good, and they actually practice. There's not mess ups literally everywhere. Um, and if Rick wanted to come on and debate AEW versus WWE, just like in a lot of our Notre Dame versus Ohio State conversations, I would curb stop him into the ground.
2: <laughs> I I did offer him that, but he's got grand uh, grandpapa duties, so I, I can't I can't blame him for that. Before we go forward though, I want to know, Adam Gibidens WWE name, if he was if he was to bounce in the ring today, what would be the what would be your name?
6: Um so when I was so I mean younger um and they had like really really good WWE video games where you could like uh, create a character and then have like a career with him. Um, I always created, I don't use my own name, but I always created a dude, and he was kind of patterned after uh, Shawn Michaels' ring gear in his final appearance. So for those of you that don't know who Shawn Michaels is, he's many considered him he's the greatest wrestler of all time. Um, he's freaking incredible, and he's a really, really strong Christian. Um, became a Christian um, after a debilitating back injury where he thought he would never return to the ring again, um, but his final ring gear, he had a match against the undertaker at WrestleMania and the undertaker was basically dressed up as the devil in his, his gear. And Shawn Michaels came down from the rafters with full on like white gear looking like an angel. So it was like the heaven versus hell kind of thing. So Uh my character I always created was called the apostle Um, long, like straight white hair and like white and yellow
2: ring gear. It was pretty dope. Nice. Love it. Love it. Well, we're going to get into this. We got the Royal Rumble uh, coming up tonight, actually, and as you said, one of one of your big tech – Well, really, another. I want to. I want to backtrack for just a second here. Uh, Fake versus real. That's always been my thing with uh, wrestling, and I, I, you know, I never attached myself to for no reason. I guess there's no particular reason. I. I, I found myself totally in golf growing up in football and basketball and all that stuff. <clears throat> so no really uh reason for it. But one of the things I always said, Well, it's not real. It's just theatrics and I said I, I said the same thing to Rick too about the A E A W E or whatever it is and he sent me a picture. He goes, This is real in the bloody face and I'm like, Dude, you know that's fake blood He goes, No, actually in this as no, a WWE real they, they cut their 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 faces with razor blades. I'm like, dude, that's not disturbing at all. That's a, that's something that we want our kids to be watching yeah, and, yeah. and and, and, uh, and uh, mimicking. So what are your thoughts on that? All right. So let me get
6: into this. I'll, I'll keep this brief because I want plenty of time okay. to talk about the Rumble. So, yeah, AEW yeah. still does a practice called blading um, where you pre-cut your face with razor blades. WD stopped that a long, long, long time ago because blood was getting in wrestlers' eyes, and it literally, like – People were getting, like, infections and losing their eyesight. It's really, really stupid. It's a big-time indie practice to make it look, like, more intense. Now, is it fake or is it real? Yes, it's predecided. Do they pull punches? Yes. But if you fall from an elbow drop from, let's just say, 20 feet onto someone else's chest, that's going to hurt. Like, there's a reason why if I – I am in pretty good shape. If I tried to, to to wrestle in in a WWE match, I couldn't walk for like months. Like these guys, they <laughs> tear their pecs, ACLs. Shawn Michaels had to have three vertebrae fused in his back, and then was able to co- recover and come back. Like it 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 is predetermined, so it's not like somebody's gonna win unexpectedly, um, unless there's an injury. But
2: here's my question, Tom: You like the <clears throat>
6: Avengers?
2: So well,
6: I'm not, I'm not saying
2: there's anything – and that, that's
6: my it thing is. Is, is I'm like, it doesn't have to be real. We want stuff all the time that's not real. I don't know why people still get hung up on that. The question you've got to ask yourself is like, was that fun? And if, you, and if, yeah, Tom, if you're ever like, let me figure out – let me see. Maybe I would enjoy this. There's a formal <laughs> invite on the table right now. You come to watch WrestleMania at my house in April. And that's the cream of the crop. And you can be like, oh, you know what? This is enjoyable. Now, you don't have to watch every week, but like (laughs) you can watch clips on YouTube and then watch, they call them premium live events. There's one a month. There's four big ones a year. Um, The Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. And I mean, you can can kind of, the great thing about, about WWE is you can kind of give it as much time as you want. If you can't watch every week, they they don't they don't do things that are going to be so challenging to figure out. Now you'd miss some of the great nuances of the storyline or what we call like match IQ stuff, where guys maybe th- do like a throwback to previous um, competitors or th- things like that. But that doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. So the authors are on the table, you know, if you I... want to join us for WrestleMania weekend, you're welcome to join.
2: <laughs> you know. Um... I my my days growing up was uh, Hulk Hogan and, and, and those sort of ones, but that, that's fine. We could we could go on about it at a different time about uh, uh, you know uh, real versus. I do have a concern about the whole cutting thing. Not about more about the infectious thing, but they don't. They don't think do about, that in WWE uh, anymore. That, that well, i have say, I, I have a, I have an issue with it just because you know there's a lot of kids out there who actually do that, and that's the whole other subject to a whole nother story what, what the is, which is why the WWE dropped it yep yeah well Adam let's get into it for the third time in the event's history Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens will clash in the world t- uh, title stake uh at, at the in the undisputed uh WWE WWE <laughs> ah, Universal Championship so Tonight's the night, so let's just kind of go through some of these matches, and I'm going to have you uh, take the lead on these, and I'm just going to kind of uh, ask you to give us a, a preview of, of the match. Pull them up. Yep. Mountain Dew, pitch black, pitch black match. Uh, Bray, Bray Wyatt and LA Knight.
6: So uh, this match is this match is ultimately setting up, and everybody knows it. This match is ultimately setting up a Bray Wyatt versus potentially Uncle Howdy or insert other person here match with the long-term ramifications. I am one of many people who was excited about Bray Wyatt's return, and since then I'm like, good Lord, can we do something? This is going to be his first legitimate match. L.A. Knight is so undersold. He delivers some of the best promos that we've seen since, like, The Rock and Cena. Um, He's just – he oozes charisma. Now, again, match results don't matter. It's a long-term storyline. I think what's going to happen out of this is LA Knight is going to lose the match. Something is going to happen that is going to turn him and possibly him and Alexa Bliss later in the night to join the Wyatt family, which if that's where we're finally getting to uh, since Bray debuted during Survivor Series, I don't want to say debuted, came back. During Survivor Series, that's, that's, I think, what we're hoping for. I've I've loved LA Knight ever since he he debuted in in, in NXT, and I'm really excited to see him start to get some traction um, on the main roster with an event, um, with with a match at an event as big as Royal Rumble.
2: You know, uh, when I was a kid, we'd always love to see two women go at it. I thought that was, you know, pretty hot, and not in just a sexual way, but that too. But, you know, when you see two women get in, a, two girls get in a fight. It's a cat fight. It's a cat fight. Well, you know, here's, there's going to be a cat fight as well. So you got Liv Morgan. It's, it's a little Rother. different,
6: Tom. Bianca Belair is easily the most athletic woman there's ever been. In the, on the women's roster, and for you AEW fans, if you try to tell me Jade Cargill is at Bianca Belair's level, you're an idiot. Um,
1: <laughs> so,
2: but yeah, Bianca versus I, I, I will I will say this about women wrestlers, yeah, they're they're pretty hot. <laughs> so Liz, Liz oh, Morgan, Rachel Rodriguez, Becky, Ray Lynch, Re- Becky
6: Lynch is gorgeous. So, but her husband Seth Rollins could beat up the whole world. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna. So, I'm not going to get into that. So, no, I'm, I'm really excited to watch Bianca versus, versus Becky. Um, again, they are, they're so good. They had a really, really great match um, at SummerSlam this year, and that's when Becky, as many know, that our, our fans got hurt, and this is her return back um, as the man, Becky Lynch. I think Bianca... Honestly, I think Bianca's going to drop the title tonight to to, to Becky Lynch. Um, I think Bianca's held it for a long time, and the women's division right now needs that breath of of, of fresh air. And I feel like a lot of the storylines right now with Bianca have been played out. I'd love to see Bianca and uh, the Street Profits with her husband, Montez Ford, potentially unite as heels with Bobby Lashley and MVP in a re, in a new format of the hurt business that would be so sick. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. I think Becky Lynch takes the title tonight. Oh,
2: I thought you were I thought you were saying something else. <laughs> my my fault. <thought. laughs> so uh, let's let's move on up uh, to the uh, main uh, event, if you will, the main. Uh, Topic And that's the men's uh, matchup. Talk with us a little bit about what's going on there. Obviously, we talked about Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens will clash. uh, The the two first battled in the event in 2017 when Owens best the tribal chief uh, and and, and thanks to some timely interference by Braun Strowman. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about the men's matchup and that huge matchup, which is what everybody's uh, tuning in to watch. Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens will clash.
6: All right, I'll cover real quick the women's Royal Rumble match. I think Rhea Ripley wins. I think everybody knows that Rhea Ripley is going to win. There's not really a lot of other options. So moving on to the men's match, I am hoping for at least two of these three things to happen, maybe three of three things to happen with a fourth. The, 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 I'll start at the bottom. The, the thing that would be amazing for me as a wrestling fan um, is I hope – I just don't know where he's at medically – I hope Tommaso Ciampa is cleared from his injury and that we get a DIY reunion that sets the stage for a long-term DIY push in the tag team division with Tommaso Ciampa and my guy, Cleveland, Ohio's (coughs) own Johnny Gargano, who is, I love me some Johnny wrestling guys. Um, So that's, that's what I'm hoping for. That's, that's number one. That's the bonus. The big three things that would be massive, this event and again two or three things if they happen would be incredible <clears throat> number one the return of the American nightmare Cody Rhodes who is on a path to win the WWE championship like his name like his legacy deserves the son of the the American dream Dusty Rhodes raising the WWE championship after leaving to go show his value in the indies would be maybe the biggest Wrestlemania pop since Daniel Bryan winning the WWE Championship uh, several years ago uh, in that incredible match um, with Randy Orton and Batista, I would be, I will lose my mind if 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 Cody Rhodes is able to pull it off. I will, I will probably get as hyped for Cody coming back, uh, not quite the level of, of Edge's return a few years ago, but I will be, I will be pretty pumped if Cody's able to return from that. Just gruesome pec injury um, that he suffered before Hell in a Cell. The second thing that I'm hoping for is the debut of the Switchblade, Jay White. Just left New Japan um, following a match, and I believe he had that match against Okada. It was unbelievable. For those of you that don't know who Jay White is, he is the former leader of the Bullet Club, just like Finn Balor, and just like, um, oh, I'm,
2: gosh, a bunch of guys,
6: um, but Finn Balor, AJ Styles, <laughs> a three, a, a, a triple threat match at WrestleMania, of Jay White versus Finn Balor versus AJ Styles, that would be one for the record books, that would be the show stealer, I don't care what happens for the rest of the night. And the last thing that I'm hoping for that I think every WWE fan is holding their breath for is the return of the jabroni-beaten, (laughs) pie-eaten, Hollywood-claiming, SmackDown-naming, the great one, with those eight words, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Return of the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, The Rock! If he comes back, I will lose my stuff. Tom, you will hear me yell from Avon. And I'm telling you what, dude, this this WrestleMania, it's the first WrestleMania that Triple H and Shawn Michaels are in charge of. WrestleMania is going to be incredible, and the Royal Rumble is going to set the stage for maybe the best WrestleMania card we've ever seen. That's right. I'm calling it right now. We will have a Stone Cold match. We will have a rock match. We will see John Cena. We will see Imperium, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens. What does Sammy do? I tell you what, dude, there is not any better drama on TV right now than what is happening on Mondays and Fridays in World Wrestling Entertainment. And Triple H, if by chance you ever get a copy of this and listen to it, if you want to book me to get some hype going, I'm down, bro. Let's do this. (laughs)
2: <laughs> hey, we'll do that. We should do that. We absolutely should do that. I did. I did invite uh, Rick on because I knew we'd have a, a, a great uh, debate uh, for the ages, if you will. So let's talk about some of the fan favorites. Obviously, we've talked about the 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 highlights of the of the. But one of the biggest fan favorites is a is guy by the name of Ricochet. Talk with us about him. He's one of the most, uh, one of the world's most innovative high flyers. Uh, he uses his whiplash-inducing speed and unfamable uh, aerial mastery, and I cannot talk like you no matter how hard I try, but Ricochet! Mm-hmm. So I, I, You know, Ricochet, is
6: one of those dudes, kind of like Kofi Kingston does every year, that will do some absolutely, he always says, like, something incredible for the Royal Rumble. Will he win the Royal Rumble? No chance. He would be the smallest winner since Rey Mysterio did it in 2008, I think. Um, I mean, if he did, it'd be incredible. But I don't – I'm more excited to see what does, Ricochet, what does Ricochet do en route to his elimination versus, um, you know, what, what is he going to win? Is he going to win? Uh, largely doubtful. But is he going to do something we've never seen before? Probably, and that's where I get excited to watch Ricochet.
2: What about Gunther? Dude, Gunther,
1: <laughs>
6: Gunther's my guy. Um, He's from I, Europe. I love Gunther, and Imperium is is so good. There's only one other person that I I really want to see join Imperium to give it a four-man, just ridiculous, just can't-be-beat kind of roster, and that is former Gunther-slash-Walter opponent, Ilya Dragunov. If, if the Dragon came and joined Imperium, good grief. You're talking a, a, a potential just dominant, dominant faction. Gunther, I, I mean, the dude hits like a freaking Mack truck. Um, and, and what I'm personally hoping for is a showdown in the ring, Gunther and Brock Lesnar to set up a Gunther-Brock match at the Rumble or at WrestleMania. That would be, I mean, maybe one of the hardest-hitting matches we've ever seen. The Gunther match um, that he had earlier this year, I'm uh, spacing on his name, um, with the Celtic Warrior was, I mean, absolutely, Seamus, couldn't, forgot his name for a second, was absolutely insane. Both dudes, I mean, within minutes were, were having, I mean, bruising in the chest, in the, the rib cage. I mean, just knocking the crap out of each other. And it was phenomenal in that match at Clash of Castle.
2: Adam Jiminen, Super Browns fan, Buckeyes fan, Guardians, the Super Duper Cavalier fan and our uh, college football uh co pilot and all around great guy joining us today to talk about uh the Royal Rumble. I got it right. I got it right. <clears throat> so Gunther, you know, he you know, he hails from uh Austria. You know who else hails yeah. from Austria? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who yeah, a lot of people don't know and, this and, about him, but he was a he was a wrestler as well.
6: Yep. Yep. And and Gunther actually says that when he was starting to make some waves in the United States, actually Arnold reached out to him and they and they had a conversation oh, cool. about about, you know, just what what could Gunther have the ability to to do from a platform perspective. Yeah, and it's
2: it's it's really, really cool. Yeah. Well, Gunther sounds like a, a character from one of the Marvel uh, movies, uh, that's for sure. Well, we don't have a, a lot more time here, but let's quickly uh, wrap it up here. Uh, it's tonight. Give us the, the details. How can you watch it? Is it a pay-per-view event? What's, what's the details? Give us everything you need to, that you can fit in in about two minutes or about tonight's yeah. uh, so, uh, rumble.
6: So the way to watch is on Peacock. So they no longer do pay per view that were, you know, 50, 50 oh, bucks my. a month. Um, you can literally join Peacock, I believe, the cheapest. If, you, if you're if you an Xfinity customer at all, you actually get it for free. And then if you're not, it's 5 to $10 a month. Yeah,
2: so I, I, I have, have it, it. I, I, paid, for one I month. pay like five, $7 or something, yeah.
6: Yeah, just sign up for one month. Give it a watch tonight. All of the WWE um, network is now on Peacock. Um, so yeah, that's how you do it. Log on. Show starts tonight at 7. Pre-show starts at 6. It's, I'm telling you what, guys, if you haven't watched WWE for a long time or haven't ever started, this is the show to watch. Like, if you remember I said that earlier about, about the World Cup, like if you haven't watched soccer, that, that World Cup championship between France and Argentina may be the greatest game we've ever seen, and it, and it was. It was legitimately the best soccer game I've ever watched in my entire life. Um, that could I'm, I'm, I I don't want to tell you enough. This will be a great event. Tune in seven o'clock on Peacock. Also, <laughs> you know what? Real quick yeah, I before be I Brock. let everybody go, I will have a new Jidy's Den up this week. We're going to talk Road WrestleMania, Conference Wait. Championships, uh, and, and the results of you know what happened this weekend. So we'll have a. Road to the Super Bowl, Road to WrestleMania, double feature coming on the website this weekend.
2: I have to admit, though, I do I do like Peacock. Uh, whenever I get a chance to to binge shows, a lot of my shows that I I have to admit I I'm I've gotten unfortunately sucked into the Chicago series, Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Chicago MD. Uh, I have I'm guilty. I need treatment. Maybe you can help me off mic there. uh, uh, Adam on on how to get myself weaned off of that. <laughs> I I actually it's it's a crazy. I'm going to get off in the weeds here. I'm a, I'm a, a big NCIS fan. All the series of NCIS, and I was totally caught up on everything. But I was watching NCIS um, uh, LA, and then all of a sudden it stopped because they went to and I'm like I didn't have anything to watch. So I thought, well, I'd try, because my daughter and my mom likes the Chicago shows, and Melissa likes the Chicago shows, and I had never watched any of them. I'm like, well, what a better time. And as you know, I've had some time on my hand over the last few weeks, so I'm like, what a better time. And I, I, I couldn't find it, but on USA Network, on my daughter's signed. you go to Peacock, they're all there. Well, we have Peacock, but... You know, Peacock has some other great shows too. Lost Speedways, that Dale Junior uh, host. It, it goes into all these like ghost speed tracks. They have a lot of good programming. It's owned by NBC, but yeah, there's yep. there's our prop for Peacock. Let's contact the executives and get them to uh, sponsor this show. You bet. <laughs> well, I'm oh, Peacock. Mean, I your balance, Adam Gibbenden. <laughs> Adam, we we appreciate you, you joining us today and bringing some fun. It's, I knew you I knew you would bring it the energy that is so needed to talk about the WWE, and I I do appreciate it. So uh, take us out in a WWE fashion, sir. Uh, You want to go out? You want to go out like the
6: most electrifying man in sports entertainment who has just three
2: words for you? Just bring it. I love it. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon and enjoy the the rumble. And we'll we'll catch up with you on it here soon. I'm looking forward to the Jimmy's Day. Okay, it's well overdue. All right, buddy. We'll see you. All
6: right, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll
2: catch you later. Bye bye. Adam in brings the energy. Yeah, I can't do it. I'm I'm, I'm going to give up on that. Uh, but uh, coming up next, right around the corner, is. Steve Wilson, editor in chief of Speedway Digest and our official NASCAR contributor. NASCAR, NASCAR joins us from Daytona to talk a little racing. <laughs> can, can I can, can I uh, continue this on throughout the entire show, talking like a a wrestling announcer? So it'd be good to talk some racing again, and that's coming around up right around the corner on the other side. My name is Tom with the President. Terry.
3: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
2: When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing.
0: Like, Swedish techno confusing.
1: Bark, bark, meow, meow.
5: Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Ooh.
0: Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know.
1: Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard.
2: Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling
1: and screaming. makes it easy you can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the geico mobile app because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives
2: I'm not even upset
1: about anything.
0: morning face you get is when you don't sleep well
1: Oh, hi. Uh hey. Seen on the board. Do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I, don't, you know. Well, it's fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Massa Le Croix PK do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh okay. roasted. Right. Black rifle coffee. It's good.
2: back to the balance. My name is Tom Marcus El Presidente. Thank you, Adam, Jim, and Ed, uh, for jumping on and breaking down tonight's uh, Rumble action in the WWE world. For all of you wrestling fans, a lot of, a lot of fun to watch. It's the Royal Rumble tonight. Now, uh, Steve Wilson from Daytona, Florida, and I'm going to continue to talk like a wrestling announcer for the rest of the show. Steve!
4: The man Wilson. How are you? <laughs> hey, Wilson. what's going
2: on today? Good. Hey, good to have you back. Are, are you a are you a wrestling fan? A WWE fan? I am. What do you think about the rumble tonight? Well, I think that
4: the return of Cody Rhodes is going to be a uh, pretty good thing. Uh, I think. Uh, I I say they put him on the path tonight for the main event in uh WrestleMania in a couple of weeks.
2: Well, I, I I don't follow it as much as a lot of people do. Let me ask you this though, real quickly. What are your thoughts on the AEW?
4: <laughs> um I, I, you know, I don't follow that as much as I, as I do with the WWE. I mean, there's a couple of guys over there that have gone over from WWE over the years and things like that. But, you know, I know that they've had a hard time here recently with, uh, one of their, uh, wrestlers here, that, uh, passed away a couple of weeks ago. That had mm-hmm. a really bad accident. So, you know, I, yeah. I, 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 you've got a feel for them and everybody over there. But, uh, you know, they've got a big, big following and they also have some pretty big investors behind it, including, uh, the family, that's behind the Honda, Jacksonville, Jaguars, so I mean, you know, they, they mm-hmm. yes. pace with the WWE. Well,
2: Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, comes to us live from Daytona 500, not to Daytona 500, from the Daytona Speedway. Oh, it won't be long we'll be talking about the Daytona 500. It's the 2023 Rolex 24 at Daytona obviously a 24-hour race the way today. Uh, so first of all, we'll talk to us a little bit about this race, as we know it's a little bit different than some of the other races that that we that we watch. Uh, this also brings, this new year brings the, the start of a new era of the Weather Tech Sports Car Championship. will open in the 2023 schedule and the 61st running of the Rolex 24 Daytona. Uh, so we have a new premier class for prototypes, which is the overriding story entering, entering the twenty four hour endurance race. Talk to us a little bit about what is the Rolex twenty four and why is it such a big race?
4: I mean there's the frustration just comes behind us. You you think of uh, this is this is probably the the equivalent of winning the mall here in the United States and uh,
3: you know, all these
4: drivers come from around the world. Uh, you know, these 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 are drivers that, that are at the top of their class across multiple different disciplines. Everybody from NASCAR with all, all the are coming and entering this race today. to they, guys that come from F1 and IndyCar and open-wheel racing around the world and even other forms of racing that just come together in this race. Uh, it's a tough race for everybody out there in the The world class that you're running in, but you know, as you're talking about, there, there's the, the hybrids that will come in this, this year. This is something that they've devoted uh, some of these cars and the cars over to running some hybrid-type uh, racing into this. And this is kind of a path in which uh, NASCAR will look will at this, too, at the same time, because they've talked about in the next-gen more some type of electrification component that is going to, as far as part of that, and I believe that, you know, they're looking at some of the electrification that like they're putting in the INSA cars this weekend and the endurance behind it to see exactly just, uh, what, what are they able to do going forward, not only here in INSA but as we move to some type of partial electrification and that's part of the next gen cars. So, um, you know, they, these drivers are going to have stance all night long. Um, you know, throughout the night, early morning, and then the goal of races that uh, they get through the early morning hours and into the fall. Um, not, not to mention, these drivers are going to have to come in at least multiple times to change brakes and suspension components on these cars uh, as they wear out through the 24 hours. So, uh, pit crews are going to be essential, both on pit roads and in the garage.
2: Well, we know that Tom Bluebe, quest sorry, uh, will be the uh, first it, the, the first uh, pole position in the GTP era, uh, qualifying and defending race winner. Meyer Shank racing in first with the number 60 ARX 06 Acura that he shares with Colin Brown, Elio Casadevas, and Simon on in the number seven Porsche 963 of Porsche uh, Penske Motorsport. So talk with us a little bit, because what we see happen with the, 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 the drivers that they drive the yeah. ship, uh, and you have both NASCAR, you have uh, the, the, the uh, Sports Car Series drivers, and you have IndyCar drivers among uh, the, the top of the list of the drivers. How do they go about, hey, here's going to be on who's what team. Do they go through like a drafting process like the NFL? Uh, how, do, how do they do that? And how do they decide, okay, you're driving first, you're driving second, you're driving third? Is it based on skill? Is it based on strategy? Can they change that around? Because maybe for the novice, uh, non-endurance fan that doesn't really watch this, um, maybe doesn't understand a lot about the rules and the processes of it, uh, but uh, certainly it's a 24-hour race. So how do they go about deciding, hey, you're here and you're here and you're here?
4: Well, every you know, they're they're going to look at speed. They have five practices over the last couple of days out here. They're looking, to they put every driver in the cars over the five practices themselves. so. So you know, they're they're trying to they're trying to maximize exactly who goes well, the best at the best point in the races. And they're looking at they're looking at practice speeds. They're looking at uh, you know you know when they need to come to pit roads They run pit road tests and things like that to to exactly see. Who would do the best come to pit road for things like I was talking about earlier, when they need to change our braking components, and things like that? Who, who has the best passing ability that wants to do something? They're going to be multiple laps down, so until other drivers and other teams start coming in to do their their service,
3: so you know there's a
4: lot of tra- strategy that goes into this, you know just beyond just pure speed, but they, they're looking at, uh, you know, who's the best on getting in and out of the road, who's the best at getting laps back once they, they are able to change these components in the car. Um, and, and they're just looking at some of the pure skill things because some of these drivers are even match that run these races all year long. And You know, you have a lot of drivers that come in and only run one or two of these races a year, especially with the Rolex. Um the complexity of it is just, you know, uh, you got 61 different cars out there and the first are running. So you've got to contend with uh, everybody from uh, EGP all the way down to, uh, you know, some of the smaller cars and the porches that you're going to have to work around throughout the race because, um, you know, there, there's just a lot that comes into this. As far as, you know, who, who's on what team, you know, these teams are going out there and they're some of the best drivers and they're just going to start, no matter where it is. And like I said, you know, they're bringing drivers in from all over the world from multiple different disciplines, and they're looking to see who has the best who has the best ability to get out there. And, you know, you may not be in the popular class in GDP, but, you know, it's horse car racing with some of the smaller classes out there that you may have run in with BMW or Mission Challenge over the last couple of days or so. They're looking at that to see, uh, you know, make, maybe fit well into one of the smaller classes. And, you know, it's, a, it's all about driving ability, it's about skill, and, it's uh, some to some about what you've done in the past, and you know Austin Hendrick is kind of like we talked about earlier coming into this thing. He doesn't have a huge sports car background, but you know they, they they go out there and they look to the drivers who so may not exactly have the best sports car background, but they look to the drivers that have done a lot of these road races and things like that and compare them Are you are you there, Steve? Yeah, I'm still here.
2: Oh, okay. I thought I lost you there. You just dropped off there for a second. Well, you know, it's, it's uh, exciting to, to see uh, the, the Rolex uh, 24 race. Gemsta had a short 20-minute practice Friday evening for the GTP teams only uh, to allow them to have a final shakedown before the start of the uh, Rolex 24 Daytona on Saturday, which is today, obviously. Uh, six cars ventured out into the session, including Chip Canassi's racing uh, run Cadillacs and two BMW LL cars. Uh, and both Porsche Penske Motorsports 963. others like the number 31 Action Express Racing Cadillac, found no issues in the midday uh, session and chose to set out. Roger uh, Ringer van der Dan, sorry, posted the quick time uh, of one minute 36.742 seconds to the number one Cadillac. It's Daytona, obviously the iconic. 24-hour race uh, with the Ferris wheel in the background. It's really cool to watch at night. So walk us through uh, what you're looking at uh, as covering this race and what are some of the, the, the highlights that we can look at for as a fan that's night watching the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Well,
4: as you go back and look across all the practice sessions over the last couple of days, Cadillacs have really been out there chipping after and All these guys were just, you know, out there at the top of their class. So, you know, we're really watching at this moment. Um, Richard Rose has the longevity to get through the night in their early morning hours. Uh, some of this early on stuff, you know, when everybody's pretty fresh and ready to go, uh, they're, they're, they're almost evenly matched. It's really when we start getting into the overnight and early morning hours, is where we're going to start seeing. And, and attrition start to come into this, both the and, you know, driver attrition all, all together. So, you know, it's, uh, that's what we're looking at right now at this moment, but really, at, the, at this, it, it, it's Cadillac at the top of the board. Those guys are going to be the ones we're going to
2: be watching all throughout the next 24 hours. Parker Thompson is not only a Rolex 24 rookie, uh, but he's never raced at night. He's, he's never done a driver change, uh, and, and he's the third driver of the number 12 Vasser Sullivan, Lexus RCF GT3 with Aaron Tellitz and Frankie Malonvo, along with the, the Daytona edition of Kyle Kirkwood, you uh, knows his job to support them. Yeah. Uh, uh, how difficult is it for a driver like Parker Thompson to come into the Rolex 24 as a rookie and I, and and have a couple of other firsts? Never raced at night, and never did a driver change. What kind of training did, did, did would Parker go through to get ready for this race?
4: So all these drivers, regardless are a so rookie or whether they veteran, they all go through and they all run through, run through these practices, and you'll see. While practices are practicing or even in the garage, they will test cars, uh, their machines, driver changes, and, and give everybody an opportunity to kind of go through that process and work themselves through not only getting in and out of the car, but also adjusting the car in the minimal amount of time that they have really on to get this done. Um, so, you know, this, this, is a, this, is a, this is a longevity thing between all these drivers going out here and doing this, and, and even, you know, we've got, we've got workers out there that have the opportunity to work with season veterans that have done this before, so they're working through a lot of this stuff, you know, not being able to come leading up to this race. And even last weekend, during the war weekend, if they brought of these cars out here and kept these cars in their first series of practices and pit road. And you pit pit uh pit, um, pit crew members, they they all get the opportunity to do that. And they all get to work with one another, and they all get to figure out what they've done right and what they've done wrong, and then come back this week and throughout the five or six practices that they have, and do it over and over and over again. And even in the shop and even at home, they're testing these friends out, and they're talking to each other. Well...
2: One of the, the drivers we'll also be watching is ex Formula One uh, driver and current IndyCar star uh, Rojan. Rojan, uh, obviously we know him well here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Is making his IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship debut this weekend uh, with uh, Iron Linux with the Iron Linux team in the GTT Pro class uh, during the uh Huracan uh, GT3 Evo Two. And I tell you what. I, I, I'm glad about this race. I just wish that I didn't have to pronounce uh, the names uh, on, on it. So, real quickly, let's uh, get some final comments about the uh, the uh, 24, and let's look forward into the 2023 season of NASCAR, sir. Yeah,
4: you know, we, you know, as I said, you know, they're bringing drivers from all over the world, and here's an next uh four and one star that that you're just talking. uh he's gonna have an opportunity in in that class to be able to go out there and work with the Lamborghini Hurricane. uh but it, it's gonna you know, I don't I don't get to see too many Lamborghinis around where I live. So this is an opportunity for me to you know, see one of these things and see what they were able to do. But uh they look cool and, you know, they've had a good job behind that steering wheel be able to and get them out there. Hopefully
2: on the podium
4: later on well, let's
2: uh, look ahead into the 2023 season, sir. Uh, some of the big things that we know as is happening and one of the biggest stories, obviously, going into the 2023 series, is uh, uh, Kyle Busch, the new ride for the number eight at uh, Richard Childress Racing Chevrolet in the NASCAR Cup Series. The, of course, he, he was uh, – uh, we soon forget, I guess, but he was in the number 18 Joe Gibbs Toyota Racing uh, for the NASCAR Cup Series where he's had his career at. You know, basically, Bush announced in t- September – uh, uh, 2022, that he's moving over to Richard Childress Racing in 2023 after 15 years with Joe Gibbs Racing, and we, we had that debate on whether or not that should, that should have happened didn't happen, but it is what it is. Well, uh, Bush will join Austin Dillon in the RCR field. Bush won 56 uh, Cup Series races and two championships in 2015 and 2019 uh, with the JGR team after coming over from Hendricks uh, Motorsports. Uh, what are your thoughts about Kyle Busch being in the number eight Richard Childress Racing Car? Well,
4: with uh Tyler Reddick leaving going over to twenty three XI, he got out of his contract a little bit early and off him out so they could go he could get in that far already this year due to purpose of status and not being able to get back. Um, I, I think that RTR needed a leader in that team, not to say that Austin Bowen no isn't a leader over there. But, you know, they need somebody over there that has performance has performed at the top of their level and still has many years out there left at that level to be able to bring that organization back to kind of a status where we've not really seen any in the past over the last couple of years. You know, Austin Dillon has had uh, success at some of these tracks like in Daytona where I am and winning, uh, winning in the race, uh, winning the Daytona 500. Um, but, you know, he, he has uh, not performed, you know, exponentially well in some of these other events. But they needed a leader, and Paul Reddick was the guy over there that I feel that had the winning ability for them to keep them in the picture and, and talking about them week in and week out. And with Reddick gone, Kyle Busch is now going to kind of take over that mantle and be the one that has to uh, uh, perform at the level that we're talking about RCR. And it sounds like from the early – uh some of the early notes and some of the early things that, that we've heard, they're already working on things. And, and Austin Billy was working with Kyle Bush. on well, many different levels to try and bring RCR back to top of their game together. Be to, but before, we can reach out with the likes of Joe Gibbs Racing or Stuart Hoss Racing and some of these other teams, as we've seen over the last couple of years, really kind of take over uh, where RCR has kind of fell down the ladder a little bit. So, and, and, and let's not even forget that it was actually Austin Brown that made the suggestion of Brady Kyle Busch over there, and I know that Richard mm-hmm. and Kyle have had their issues in the past, but really it was Austin that went to Richard and said, I think we need to go after this guy, and that's exactly what they did because they see the winning potential later.
2: Well, let's talk about the, the other Bushes also making big news in NASCAR. Both the Bush brothers are making big news. Of course, Kurt, Kurt Bush, after missing the last 15 races of the 2022 season uh, due to an injury suffered at Pocono into, uh, in, at the Pocono Raceway, race, I'm sorry, the 2004 uh, Cup Series champion will make with 23XI Racing, but will compete in a full-time role with the team. What does 2023 look like uh, for Kurt Bush?
4: You know Kurt, I always feel like when when Stewart Haas was trying to, and, and we'll just back up we'll just a second on that, is when you know when Stuart Haas was coming into this and they were building their teams up to to now the four team powerhouse that they are today, it was Kurt Bush kind of uh, on the
6: side of making
4: sure and coming in that they that they specifically talked them out to make sure to see that they had somebody there with veteran status they can shake these cars down, give them suggestions to perform better. And 23 Act 5 did the same thing. When they were building up with him the public Wallace holding the to try and become a powerhouse team they're trying to build themselves into, they noticed this was in Kurt Bush, And Kurt was able to do this and go with men for 23 Act 5. And they recognized the fact that he gives years of knowledge in this sport is going to help him perform and get him better week in and week out. And by having him in an advisory role that they have him in, I think that you know he's going to be able to work with Tyler Gauthier. He's going to be able to work with Russell He's going to be able to work with crew members and everybody in the shop as a whole, and not have to worry about just driving the car, but getting these cars better so that they are another again or another team that we start talking about. We can we Let's
2: talk about the. Uh... The driver who a lot of people think has some sort of entitlement mentality, uh, not certainly not becoming a very uh, popular fan on the track, uh, and that's Ty Gibbs. Uh, in uh, his new ride, the number 54 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota in the NASCAR uh, Cup Series, his old ride was obviously in uh, Xfinity, as we knew in the latter part of 2022. He really began to have this attitude of attitudes and really kind of uh, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, but he's fresh off the, the uh, Kennedy Championship Series. Got to give him that. Uh, do we know? That's another debate. For another time, Joe Gibbs uh, Racing announced number 50-2022 that Gibbs would be evaluated and uh, obviously replace Kyle Bush. We are, we all, We think a lot of times that this was part of the reason of getting rid of, of Kyle Bush. We could have that debate all along. But Ty Gibbs, uh Maybe maybe he's a good fit for the uh, for Kyle Bush because he certainly has that that um, attitude, if you will. That yeah, you know, I guess it's necessary if you're going to replace Kyle Bush because Kyle Bush we know has his own attitude problems as well. But Ty Gibbs, uh, all that said, what are your thoughts about him going into twenty twenty three?
4: You know, you're right. You know, Ty has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and in the cup driver's seat. And they've noticed this, and they, you know, they've made their own, you know, kind of assumptions in Gi and they've seen moderation the track, uh, you know, on a couple of occasions. You know, one push was out of that car, uh, you know, twenty three X five put in new car to replace Kurt Bush while he was going through uh, his concussion protocol established at the end of last year. So, you know, he's rubbed a lot of what people the wrong way, Busch, and it's has been and and it's going to make it tough on him. He's had to earn respect back from these drivers. They're not going to make it easy on this guy. He, he's uh, he's young. He's got a lot to learn. I'm sure he will learn this, but he, he he's gonna. You know, the attitude isn't necessarily the issue. The issue that they take, they take the problem with it's his driving in the way that he drives and races others. And and that's really something that he, he's gotten a lot of wrecks. He's gotten in complications with people. He, he's He's wrecked other people for no apparent reason whatsoever. Um, So I think that you know it'll be it'll be a respect issue that these drivers are going to see, and if they respect, um, if he respects them coming into next season, if he continues the same thing that he did to the latter part of uh, last year, then they're going to make it very hard. And I and I think that it's going to take some time for him to earn that respect back from other drivers.
2: Dave Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, calls us live from Daytona, as you can hear in the background. Uh, I want to know, are you on pit road there or something, or where you at? Uh,
4: no, I'm actually standing in the infield
2: behind the garage. Oh, gotcha. I got gotcha. you. I got you. Well, I I hear that uh, that sound we know so well on pit row, and that's the honking of the golf carts. So uh, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you get back to it. Very very excited. Let me ask you this though, Steve, are you going to be able to make it the whole twenty four hours? Or are you going to uh, go back to the hotel room and take an old net man nap, and then uh, get back at it tomorrow?
4: <laughs> no, I'm not going to do the twenty four hours. I, I'm too old for that. <laughs>
2: I try to make I say every year I'm going to do it. I don't. I don't do it at all. I, I, I bounce in and around until about 10 o'clock, and then I, I give it a good heavy watch, and then I, I'm asleep in the chair, and then I, I catch back up with it on the next day. Steve, we appreciate you joining us. It's great to talk racing again. Can't wait till we have you back on again. We're going to be talking about the Daytona 500 at the kickoff of the NASCAR season for 2023, sir. Thanks, man. I'll
4: catch you in a couple weeks for the Daytona 500.
2: All right, buddy. Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest. Check him out at Speedway Digest and SpeedwayDigest.com. My name is Don Marcus We'll be right back. We're going to talk some football. It is Rumble weekend, by the way. And don't make me get started on a Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Be right back. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire,
3: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
0: Morning, face You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda.
3: Morning, guys. Good morning. Hello. What is oh. that thing?
6: It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. No, it's me,
0: Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them.
2: What? Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, oh, they're my eyes. We're moving.
0: It's called beauty sleep for a reason.
1: Fresh roasted, so, I um, don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And right? then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists do they support good causes yeah tons of causes veterans causes and first responder causes but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee so that's what i'm wanting you have any you know what actually i'm i'm just going to order it They make it freshly roasted black rifle coffee it's good
2: I'm done. I've i i I've, I've, I've did my wrestling announcer uh, as much as I could. Adam Jeviden joined us earlier today. Obviously, Super Browns fan, Buckeye fan, Guardians and Super Duper Cavaliers fan. Our college football co-pilot, all around good guy, but he's also a a very uh, enthusiastic WWE fan. And it is the Royal Rumble tonight, so we we gave him uh, the stage here this morning to break down the Royal Rumble. Uh, but joining us now to talk about another rumble happening at the link uh, today is Ed Kratz, or tomorrow, sorry, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com, and our official NFL contributor. How you doing, sir? <laughs> hey, man! That, <laughs> that Royal Rumble has you fired up. Yeah, be fired up, up man. For It's Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, are you a WWE fan? WWE fan.
5: No, no. My Royal Rumble happened Friday night. Last night, Penn State, Iowa, college wrestling. Nothing better
2: than that. That's, that's the real wrestling. But, you know, we, we did get into the conversation yeah. briefly about the theatrics and reality. And, you know, Adam makes a good point. You know, you got your favorite TV shows. You know, we all like Yellowstone. Is that, is that real or is that <laughs> – it makes a valid point, though, so it makes a, it makes a valid point. But I know you're, a, you're big into the wrestling uh, world as far as uh, competitive wrestling, and, and I know you coached and your son was a, was a wrestler and so forth. But it's time for the Philadelphia Eagles to, to welcome the 49ers. Uh, this is it. You know, we've been talking about it all year. We said it could happen. I don't want to jinx you, but you got one more game left. So let's talk a little bit about what you've been working on in the Ed Kratz War Room this week and how the Eagles are preparing. Uh, I won't say one of the biggest games, well, one of the biggest games would be if they go to the Super Bowl, but certainly uh, the 49ers have turned things around this year, and uh, they're a worthy foe, although the Eagles are favorite. uh, But break down what's happening in the Ed Kratz notebook uh, for the uh, 49ers and the Eagles uh, with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. Yeah, uh,
5: two best teams in the NFC, really. Uh, I mean, what more could you ask for? Two best teams in the NFC meeting with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Um, You're right, the 49ers have really turned it around, and they're they're getting it done with their rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy. Um, And, uh, you know, look, he's going to try to become the first rookie quarterback to win a championship game. There have been four others that have gotten their teams as rookies to this point, and they're 0-4, so he's, you know, he's bucking that trend, and, you know, I could ask you who those quarterbacks are, Tom, um, do you know who they are, the four rookies that took their team to the title games in both the NFC and AFC, either either conference, uh, and lost. Uh, there's four of them. I don't know. Okay, yeah, well, the probably the most <laughs> difficult one is, is, is Sean King, who took the bucket huh? there, But Ben Roethlisberger did it with the Steelers and uh, and lost, and then Joe Flacco did it with the Ravens as a rookie and lost, and most recently was Mark Sanchez for the Jets behind that great Jets defense. He took them to the AFC title game, but couldn't get over the hump. So you know that's the that's the historical odds. Purdy's trying to buck right there, Um, and I'm I'm you know when you look at the matchups between these two teams, they're so even. Maybe a very slight edge positionally to the Eagles when you do the position by position breakdown, but where they're better at the Eagles, not even close in my opinion, is at quarterback. Where you know Jalen Hurts had the MVP season, you know Brock Purdy great story. You know seven and zero as a starter, Um, has only played two road games. You know, and I just think it's a it's a it's a matchup that favors the Eagles, and then. Then you factor in the home crowd. I mean, Brock Purdy's played two of his starts on the road. Two of his five games have been on the road. Uh, but not in an environment like Philadelphia, where there's going to be 70,000 people, you know, in his ear, screaming. Uh, he's going to have a, a pass rush in his face, a, a rush that has, sacked seven, has, has a collected 75 sacks this year when you add in the five that they had against the Giants. Um, and it's a tall task. It's going to be a tall task for Purdy, to come into Philadelphia, in my opinion, and find a way to win. Now, you know, on the 49ers side, they have the experience of being in this game. This is their third championship game in the last four years. They were there last year when they played the Rams in L.A. and lost. Uh, You know, and then they beat the Packers in the championship game uh, a couple years ago and went to the Super Bowl, and uh, they, they lost in the Super Bowl. So, the, the 49ers have the experience. You know, the Eagles have, of course, you know, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox, um, Lane Johnson, guys that won Super, the Super Bowl here five, five seasons ago or six seasons ago in 2017. That's great experience on the Eagles side. These guys are really leaders in the locker room. They've been with the Eagles their whole careers, which is really remarkable. 10 plus years, the four of them have played football together in Philadelphia. Um, that's great experience too. And then you factor in the Eagles have players that have played in big college championship games, guys like Georgia, uh, Jordan Davis at, at Georgia, Georgia, and Devonte Smith in Alabama, Jalen Hurts in Alabama and Oklahoma. Um, you know, they've got guys that have played in big games, Landon Dickerson at Alabama, they played in big college games. So, I'm not sure how big an advantage that is for the 49ers, and I just think the Eagles uh, will probably find a way to win this game.
2: Well, you mentioned Jason Kelsey, and we've talked about him on, on the show before. How, but how vital is he to the Eagles' offense? Uh, I, I, he did a very good job in the in the fantasy football world this year as well. Uh, but Jason Kelsey, I, I think a lot of people underestimate him, which is, a, 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 I would say would be a huge no. And I would say he's probably, if not – next to, next to Hertz, probably the the most vital person on the, on the Eagles offense. Have you had a chance to talk with Jason? What's his thoughts about this game? And, and again, how how vital is he to this game to the winning uh, over the 49ers?
5: Oh yeah. Jason's vital. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talked to him this week. I talked to him this week and, uh, like I said, he's been their starting center. This guy started over 140 straight games. I mean, he hasn't missed a start since 2014. Um, and, and he's the guy that kind of calls out the, the defense, sets the protections, him and Hurts together. Uh, they they're, they they send out the signals, what, what the pass protection is going to look like once they get to the line and see what the defense is doing. And he, he's a smart, smart center, not to mention he's a very athletic center still at the age of, 34 years old, um, you know, you wonder when it's going to be his last hurrah. Uh, probably this year, if the Eagles win it all, I think he'll ride into the sunset. But, you know, to me, he's one of the best centers to ever play the game. He's been a five-time All-Pro player of only three centers to have that many Pro Bowl, All-Pro names. And those guys are in the in the Hall of Fame. Um, and I think that's what you're looking at. You're looking at a Hall of Fame center here. Um And he's extremely vital to the Eagles. If he were to leave or something were to happen to him in this game, then, you know, it'd be tough to overcome uh, just because of what he's able to do from a protection standpoint and then be able to, you know, still block guys that are bigger than him. I mean, he's not an oversized guy by any means, but he's, he's Mm -hmm. quick, he's athletic, he's smart, and he's huge on that offensive line.
2: I'll refer to your, your article that, uh, that you wrote about uh, uh, retirement. I I won't uh, spoil it too much. They could check it out on at Eagles Waven. But you said retirement and possible last home games, uh, not on minds of Eagles veterans. And you you mentioned Jason Kelsey, uh, Brandon Graham, and Fletcher Cox have been teammates in Philly their entire career and are free agents at the season's end. Uh, Will they still be teammates, Super Bowl or no Super Bowl, next year? I mean, if they want to come back, I think, yeah, I think
5: they will. I think the Eagles would find a way, and when you play, and if you're a player like those three are that have been like I said in Philadelphia, Brandon Graham has been here since twenty ten I mean this is his thirteenth year in the league, and you know, I've talked to Brandon and many times and and I don't he's kind of indicated to me that he would come back he he doesn't want to go anywhere else, and if the Eagles give him a fair offer and he showed he can play, I mean he had eleven sacks this year. 34 years old, 35 years old. He came off an Achilles injury. Probably should have been the comeback player of the year, uh, at least nominated for that award, but he wasn't. Um, You know, I think he'll come back. He's shown that he's still very productive if used properly. He can't play 60 snaps a game. But if you play him 20 to 25, he's going to be effective for you. And, you know, I think the Eagles will try to bring him back. Jason Kelsey, it's the ball's in his court. These guys are all, all on year-to-year contracts. If Jason wants to come back, the Eagles will find a way to get it done. I don't see him going anywhere at this point in his career either. It's either the Eagles or retirement. Uh, and I don't know. I've talked to him, and, you know, he said that it really hasn't been on his mind as much. He really thought about retiring after the 2020 season when Doug Peterson Uh, And the Eagles were really in disarray. They only won four games. That was just two years ago. They won four games. They fired Peterson, who won a Super Bowl. They moved on and traded Carson Wentz to the Colts. Uh, You didn't know what direction this franchise was going. And he really gave some heavy thought to retiring. But he doesn't think about that as much. And like I said, he's still playing at a really high level. So if he wants to come back, the Eagles will find a way to make it happen. Uh, And then Fletcher Cox, I'm not so sure. I think Fletcher could probably move on. He really thinks he's playing at a high level. He had a good season, but I'm not sure he's in the cards for the Eagles. He could be the one that leaves. And then you have Lane Johnson, who I didn't mention in that story, the right tackle, who uh, is probably the best right tackle in football, maybe the best tackle in football. Um, Of course, the 49ers have Trent Williams, who's terrific, too. But Lane Johnson's been here his whole career, uh, and I've talked to him, and You know, he thought about quitting the game after his battle with anxiety and depression last year when he stepped away for three games. He really gave some thought to quitting, but was talked back into coming back. And I've talked to him, and he seemed to indicate he wants to play at least two more years. He's 32 years old. Um, But, you know, he's got the groin injury that's going to need surgery. He's got a torn muscle in his groin that he's playing through. I don't know how. Um, And and he's still effective. And he's going to have to be effective this week because he's going to see – you know, Nick Bosa uh, occasionally. They line Bosa up. The 49ers do both sides of the line. Uh, but Lane Johnson's going to see Nick Bosa, and he's, you hope that that groin injury holds up. But he's playing through with something that he's going to need surgery when the season's over. So another tough customer for the Eagles. Uh, you know, another veteran, another, you know, leader in that locker room. And those are vital to have. And the Eagles know that. So I think they would try to bring If Kelsey wants to come back, he'll come back. Same with Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, but I'm not so sure about Cox.
2: Well, another, an, an, another key name to talk about in this game, obviously, is, and, and, and I talked about it to you earlier on in the season. I said, do we think that Jalen Hurts is an MVP? You said, no, I don't think so. But then you have turned around and said, yeah, I do think so. He's, he's obviously an MVP finalist. question is, does his injury affect that? And if, well, let's hope not, but then I, again, not trying to jinx anything, but if the Eagles do not win uh, and go to the Super Bowl, in lieu of that and the injuries, does he get the MVP? Well, that, I think that award was voted on in the regular
5: season. So uh, I don't think he's going to win. I think that'll go to Mahomes. Uh, it's nice that he's a finalist. I mean, that's a huge jump from year, year one as a starter to year two as a starter to be mentioned as an MVP candidate or nominated to be an MVP. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he's close to 100% with that shoulder. Um, you know, he did everything in practice this week, no limitations. We saw against the Giants' second play of the game, he throws a beautiful 40-yard pass to Devontae Smith. Um, then on another touchdown drive in the first half, he takes off on a run inside the red zone, picks up eight yards, gets walloped by a couple giant defenders, no ill effects on the shoulder, pops up. So, you know, I think, he, you know, he's healthy. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's one win away from the Super Bowl, MVP or not. I mean, that's kind of what the bottom line is, is Try to find a way to get to the Super Bowl and then win a ring. And, you know, Hertz has put his team in position to do it.
2: All right. Well, we uh, lost Ed. Uh, I think we have a little bit of technical difficulties, but I think I'm going to try to get him back here. Um, not sure what happened there. Trying to get him back on. Well, we were talking about the uh, matchup between the. Okay, I can wow. you hear you. Yeah, yeah, I can, can you hear, hear you. Us? Okay, Sorry yeah, I, that, I heard huh? you. I'm not sure what happened. If you could, uh, just the last part you were talking about with Jalen Hurts uh, in the MVP, what what were your final thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, I just, you know, uh, MVP or not, he's got his team here in position to go to the Super Bowl and win a ring, and, you know, that's really the bottom line for any team, any quarterback, uh, any player. And, you know, Hurts had a tremendous year just to be nominated. I don't think he'll win. I think Mahomes will win. Uh, You know, I think Hurts' missing two games kind of hurt his candidacy, although the Eagles were (laughs) 0-2 during that time, just showing you how valuable he is to the Eagles um, when he missed those two games. But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, Mahomes will win, but to go from year one to year two as a starting quarterback and year two you're mentioned as an MVP candidate or nominated as one, that's just a great year uh, by Jalen Hurts.
2: And I know we've already talked about Purdy, and uh, you know he he's he's been labeled Mr. Revolent. If he wins this game and goes to the Super Bowl, uh, he may, we might need to find him a a, a different uh, nickname. Uh, moving over to the AFC, uh, and of course we've got the Chiefs uh, and. Uh, We've got Patrick Mahomes, and we've got the Bengals and Joe Burroughs. who's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes has had his own uh, issues with injuries. As you uh, mentioned, he's hot, he's going to get the MVP. Uh, but uh, his injuries have, have impacted the way that he moves around and runs, which is his game. Uh, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, and Joe Burrow, for the record, for what stats mean, is 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes in his career. Uh, and he's been dominant against – I was uh first uh, against, uh, uh, favorite quarterback in Cincinnati Bengals player, either which way. Uh, but uh, I had a brain fart there just for a second. So many things going on in my mind. But, anyway, let's break this game down between uh, Mahomes and Burroughs. And, and, you know, again, Super Bowl on the line for the AFC.
5: Yeah, this is a rematch from last year's AFC title game. Cincinnati went into Kansas City and won. Uh, And, boy, I guess it could happen again. But, you know, the Chiefs – I know Mahomes is banged up. But, you know, I think the Chiefs are pretty motivated – by what happened last year in that championship game. And they're being given a second chance here to write what they probably felt was a wrong. And, you know, Burrow's tough, you know, he's, to me, he's probably the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I, maybe even more than Mahomes. you know, Josh Allen kind of had a disappointing type of a season, a lot of turnovers for Josh Allen, but, you know, Joe Burrow and what he can do with that offense is, is uh, you know, pretty pretty good, and I just think the Chiefs are they're fired up for this game. You know, they don't want to lose a second championship game at home to the same team. I mean, you know, we saw Andy Reid in Philadelphia early in his career struggle at this stage of the game. You know, the Eagles had three straight NFC championship games that they lost, and uh, two of those were at home. When they were heavily favored before, kind of breaking through and beating the Falcons to get to the Super Bowl, they lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots back in 2005. But you know, Andy Reid's at a different point in his career. Obviously, you know he's been coaching for 20 years, and to me, one of the top two or three NFL coaches ever. And I just think that the Chiefs are going to find a way to 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 kind of avenge that loss from last year. I know Mahomes' injury won't make it as as easy as you as you might think it would be, but I think the Chiefs will prove to be the better team on Sunday oh. and find a way to get to the Super Bowl.
2: Well, the Chiefs are listed as a one and a half point favorite in the in the, la- the latest uh, that I, that I saw. The latest thoughts that I saw, but I'm also seeing a lot of people are going putting their money toward the Bengals. I, I, I mean. It, The over and under 48 uh, with with this game. I think this is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. And it could be uh, a a deja vu of last year. And if you remember last year, uh, Patrick, you saw him him on the sidelines saying, hey, we're going to overtime or whatever, and it didn't happen, and they lost. So I see this being a a very, very good matchup. And I I, I am a diehard Colts fan, but I live in (laughs) – bandwagon bangle fan area which I, I, that's okay i'm I'm a bandwagon fan too uh so i i know here in the city of indianapolis we're rooting for the Bengals, as far as that goes uh but uh, i like kansas city though i've always liked that they're my uh, my favorite uh, afc team Next to the Colts, but that's a whole other story that I need to go through yeah. my depression medicine for. <laughs> I, I promise something gets get started on the Indianapolis Colts uh, today, and then, then uh, on our Super Bowl special. But uh, we will we will uh, resume that conversation here soon. So, really, what are what are some of the things on both sides of, of the line, if you will, both offensive and defensive, uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals that gives them a, a, a puncher's chance? Of uh, uh, beating the, the Chiefs again and to go to a Super Bowl again, the the odds and the stats against that alone, that stat alone, is huge. So you got to think, man, does that get in their head? Does that does, do they they think about that as they're as they're on the plane to go to Kansas City as they're getting ready for this game and if they're in their locker room, all that down, downtime that they're. That they've got to focus on the game, but how much of that are they thinking about last year and how much of it really comes into play this year?
5: Yeah, well, the Bengals, I mean, they got to the Super Bowl last year and they lost. So, you know, that's their motivation to say, let's win and go back and win the Super Bowl. We have unfinished business here. I mean, you know, but that that aside, you, you can't look ahead to Super Bowl at this point. You have to focus on what's in front of you and that's Sunday's game. And you, you can't look past that. Uh, and that to me is challenging. You know, the math is easy. One plus one. You know, you win one, you're in the Super Bowl. I mean, but to me, that's. And I asked a lot of the Eagles that this week is how do you? I know it's always hey, focus what's on front of you, be where your feet are, all the cliches. But how do you? Is it more challenging now that you can kind of see what a win will do? Is it is it that easy to just block out that hey, we can go to the Super Bowl and you know they they insist that it is and they know what's at stake and. But they, they say, hey, we got to focus on this game. And I think that would be the same mentality with the Bengals when they're on that plane. It's, okay, how do we block Chris Jones? You know, how do we get open, you know, against the Chiefs' corners and, and the safeties? And, you know, how do we keep Joe Burrow upright? you got to focus on what's in front of you, and that's the game. Because if you lose that game, it's over, and you don't get that, that prize at the end. So that, to me, is what I think would be on their minds. Let's win this game. Let's focus now on what we can do. You have kind of a patchwork offensive line. There's two starters I think are going to miss the game just like they did against, you know, last week when they beat the Bills. And that didn't seem to be any problem. Uh, So we'll see what kind of issue it could be against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are very good defensively with that D-line with Chris Jones. I mean, Chris Jones is just a monster. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a tall task for the Bengals to kind of, you know, move the ball against that defensive front for the Chiefs. And that's what they have to focus on, really.
2: Talking to Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles on com and our official NFL contributor. Uh, we've only got a, a minute or so left here. I hate to jinx you, but what is your prediction? Who goes to the Super Bowl? Again, hate to jinx you, but I, I, I got to ask.
5: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's fine. I, I Like I said, I, I think the Eagles will find a way at home against the rookie quarterback with a defense that has been, you know, lights out most of the year. Um, And and I think the Eagles will find a way, maybe 24-20. And I think the Chiefs will will win also, Um, maybe, you know, somewhere in the 20s as well, maybe like a 28-27, really close tight game down to the wire. But I think it'll be Chiefs-Eagles in Super Bowl 57.
2: Ed, we appreciate you joining us. As always, we've only got just a, a few seconds left here. Where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Yeah, Twitter at Kratzee,
5: K-R-A-C-Z-E, or uh, si.com, dot com backslash NFL backslash Eagles.
2: Well, fly Eagles, fly! Uh, I guarantee you, you've got two fans here in this house that are definitely rooting for the Eagles and the Bengals, and and we'll see what happens uh, uh, in in the Super Bowl. So, uh, we appreciate you. So-